T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports Station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome inside the clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, where we are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I am David Haw, back from vacation, joining Bruce Levine, who never leaves and always works. But we are here on a dreary Saturday morning to brighten up your baseball conversation and hopefully give you something to think about the rest of the day as the Cubs and the White Sox return to action. Both teams coming off bad losses last night, Bruce. The Cubs, 6-2 losers to the Dodgers out in Los Angeles. The White Sox, 9-3 losers to the Mariners in front of their first full house of the season at Guaranteed Rate Field. How are you this morning, Bruce? I'm doing great, David. Welcome back. You were definitely missed last week, uh, but a very uh... – well-timed and taken vacation for you, so I'm glad you and your wife got away a little bit. Uh, yeah, you're right. I have no life. Um, I'm up at 1 o'clock uh, in the morning last night listening to uh, Jake Arrieta make excuses as to why he couldn't get a bunt down. <laughs> so uh, if, uh, if you don't call that a good time, I don't know what is. Uh, We've got so, plenty to talk um, about. Yeah, that, that's a great time, Bruce. That was a late one, right, For to stay up to watch the bullpen blow that lead. Yeah. But it was the first time the Cubs' bullpen had blown a lead in a long time. Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, again, uh, the, the Cubs' bullpen, is all it's, it's the major reason why they are uh, where they're at. Still only a game behind uh, Milwaukee in the National League Central. And uh, the reason why... Um, they threw a no-hitter no the other night. Absolutely, David. yeah. That was a day after, and I stand corrected, they did not blow the lead. It was 2-2 two to two when the Dodgers hit two home runs in the eighth inning, and the Cubs' bullpen, for the first time in 37 games, was a part of a losing decision. So that did come one night after history was made out in Los Angeles, Bruce. Uh, we talked on the Mullen Haw Show on Friday, but I think it, it's worth revisiting the 17th no-hitter no in Cubs history the first one that was a combined effort by four guys, and the seventh one this season. Did any of those numbers, did the fact that it's becoming more commonplace, take anything away from the accomplishment to you? Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I, I think that no-hitters are 
commonplace for a lot of good reasons. Uh, we'll start, number one, by the fact that uh, baseball has its all-time low batting average since 1968 of 238 collective around Major League Baseball. So that's the case. The highest amount of strikeouts over the last three years per game, each team averaging almost 9, 9.5 to 10 strikeouts per game, meaning you only have to get 17 other outs, David. There's real good reasons why there's low hit games and no hit games. And it does diminish, in my mind, uh, no hitters. I, I mean, I think it's a great accomplishment for the Cubs and the franchise that they had their first combined no hitter. I guess the relief pitchers uh, still aren't sure if they were a part of the no hitter. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, it's a great accomplishment. It was weird and uh, wonky because of the fact that, uh, you know, Kyle Davies in his six no hit innings. Uh, did not uh, did, did, gave up five walks. So there was guys on the bases. It didn't appear to anybody that he was throwing a no-hitter when he came out, except for Davies, who wasn't happy about David Ross's decision, yeah. David. But Zach Davies did not have no-hit stuff, but he was part of a no-hitter. Yeah. And I understand that it has been somewhat diluted and that has to be sort of taken into account, but I don't want... You can mentally put an asterisk there if you want, but I don't think that it needs to be diminished because, you know, it's still it's, it's nine innings without a hit. And even though they walked eight guys, it, it's still going to go down. Well, who in do you history. interview after the game? Four guys in a row? I mean, uh, <laughs> you know. You, that was you a have great enough, picture they posted. Yeah. David, do you have enough Gatorade to pour on four guys uh, after uh, a combined no-hitter? It was – I mean, it was odd. It, it was a good thing. It, you know, it was cool, but it was so weird that the, the pitchers didn't know what it was, was going on. And, uh, you know, the fact that, um, you know, it was, I, I don't know, it was probably the strangest no-hitter I've ever seen. Well, if you agree with me that it was still pretty cool, or if you agree with Bruce the Wet Blanket that says that it wasn't, 312-644-6767. I can't even get the guy's name right. I called him Kyle <laughs> Davies, so thanks That's for correcting okay. me. We're I, not, we're not I, I skating knew, by mistakes here. I we, knew who we, you we, meant, we Bruce. I knew, I knew, think everybody knew who you meant. Let us know what you think. We are here for you on the text line as well as you can call in and, and share your opinion. We have a big show. We have Ned Coletti. Uh, around 9.30 or so, the former Dodger executive who is a Chicago guy made good. We also have, hopefully, in the 10 o'clock hour, Bruce Andrew Vaughn, the White Sox left fielder slash designated hitter slash first baseman slash young hitter that is going to join us uh, and talk about his odyssey this season, which has been very promising. But let's uh, let, let's go there to the to the south side, Bruce, because that was where last night the doors were open and every seat was filled, 32,189. The first time all season they were at full capacity and allowed to have 100% without any restrictions. And they saw a White Sox team that's struggling. Six out of seven games yep. they have lost now. The Mariners come into town, and they leave last night with a 9-3 victory over the White Sox. Jose Abreu is struggling. The pitching has not been as sharp. The defense is shoddy. What's wrong with the White Sox, Bruce, and, and what do they need to snap out of this rut? Well, you'll be pleased to know when I drove up to Guaranteed Rate and uh, started to walk in the doors, there were help-wanted signs uh, up uh, outside Guaranteed Rate. Uh, White Sox in need of outfielders. Please apply inside. So when you have, when you have five outfielders 
that have gone on the IL, uh, some of them for most of the season, uh, maybe one of them for the entire season. Uh, you have, you're starting every day with all due respect, uh, backup guys or guys that would, you know, in some cases be in AAA. This offense has uh, just hit a wall uh, where they can't support the pitching. And and to be fair about the starting pitching, it was so good for so long, you, right. you can't expect them to, to throw a shutout or give up one run every night. So they have been in a wonky way for a while here. And, uh, you know, they've lost six out of seven. And, uh, you know, they're hurting. And, you know, we'll, we'll discuss uh, some of the things they're trying to do. Yeah, I think you can forgive Carlos Rodon for not being as sharp as he has been almost every start this season last night because you know the margin for error when they're not hitting it gets thinner and thinner and 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 frankly as much as you know help is wanted in the outfield and needed in in the offensive lineup the bullpen Bruce the bridge to the ninth inning has not been as sturdy as it's needed to be and and that is why I think before Friday's game the workout uh, that you observed from the press box of Michael Kopech was so important because he means so much, probably more than he should at this point of the season, to this White Sox season. And, and he could be back sooner rather than later. What did you see? What do you know? Uh, well, what I saw was uh, a guy that was throwing the ball hard. All the executives, uh, Kenny Williams, uh, Rick Hahn, uh, manager Tony LaRussa, pitching coach, uh, Ethan Katz, all watching intently uh, of, of um, Kopech uh, throwing uh, to live hitting in the cage as well as the cage being outside. And uh, him going through some PFPs as far as uh, fielding and throwing over to first base. So it was all good. Very positive. He will throw again uh, the same type of sim game on Monday, David. And then after that, uh, they'll decide whether he goes out in a rehab or continues uh, throwing on the side to get ready to uh, return to the team. Hopefully, David, I'm thinking a week or 10 days. Okay. You know, I think that, that makes sense if he has no setbacks. Uh, <clears throat> but um, the real need, obviously, is uh, right now in the bullpen, but certainly the offense. Uh, you know, it's struggling quite a bit. So from that perspective, um, Tony LaRussa, uh came on a Zoom after having a long conversation with Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams on the field. It went 25 minutes, David, uh, after the after the uh, Kopech um, sim the game. The Zoom or the meeting between the executives? The meeting between uh, the oh, three executives. Goodness. And uh, we got to talk to uh, Tony LaRusso. David, set, set up the uh, the rest so, as we go. Yeah, it, it was po- it was pregame. And, and I think that, you know, the Michael Kopech workout, I think, is – important to the Sox uh, because of the needs in the bullpen. But I think it's all related to, to what they need moving forward and how they're going to construct this roster to recover from this, this rut that they have dug for themselves a little bit. Six out of seven losses, nothing to take lightly. And, Bruce, I think that you asked Tony LaRusso pretty directly, and, I, and I, I liked that because you're like, what can you share, Tony, about the meeting that you had with Rick Hahn and, and Kenny Williams, a conversation that did linger for about 20 minutes or so. And and what uh, what can you tell us? And, and this was his response, which I thought uh, was pretty telling. You're making phone calls, and they're, uh, they're keeping the staff abreast of possibilities. And 
mean, there was no doubt in our mind, and <clears throat> fans should understand if there's something that's reasonable, uh, they're going to try, and hard, try hard to make it happen. Is it difficult right now, uh, considering that we're sitting here on June 25th and uh, the other teams don't necessarily have to make a trade right now? Uh, does it put you guys in a, a situation where you, you could uh, have to give more if you want to do something quickly? Well, that's why I think, you know, they say reasonable. I think you have to repeat reasonable. You know, uh, I think end of, end of next month is not as appealing right now as it would be right now to get help. So uh, if there's something that makes sense, they're going to try and make it happen. Uh, I mean, I've learned myself, and I'm sure our fans have learned for several years, a lot of confidence in uh, their, their willingness to help us be a contending club and uh, their willingness, you know, along with the support of the ownership right, with Jerry, that we'll try and make it happen. But, I mean, coaching all of us in uniform, and I'm sure, our, I'm sure I think our fans should agree, it's got to be something that's reasonable. Uh, yeah. And the fact that they're trying means a lot to everybody in this clubhouse. That was Tony Larusa before Friday's game, being pressed a little bit by Bruce and and talking about what the you know responsibility and uh, is uh, of the front office and how much he trusts you know Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn to to put a roster together and and to make that move that I think everybody understands they need to make in light of the injuries that you could not have anticipated, but now the pressure's on Bruce. Eh, there's some good players out there, but there's a lot of teams that are going to want to you know make bids for those good players. You know, the interesting thing is that uh, LaRusso was uh, the top executive for the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, about six years ago. And uh, some of those players are, are being talked about, Eduardo Escobar and uh, Cattell Marte, uh, two really good players with the uh, Diamondbacks that uh, are in one of those free falls right now where they have a very good chance of having the worst record, David, in the history of baseball. They have won 21 games out of, uh, I believe, 76 or 7 right now um, during the season. They've lost 24 games in a row. I'll repeat, 24 games in a row on the road. So they are in trade mode. Um, They are in rebuild mode. So guys like Escobar, guys like Marte, are are certainly uh, guys that can hit. Uh, With uh, Marte, you have a, a controllable player for the next three years with Escobar, a player that is a free agent after this year. Uh, Both of them would be uh, welcome sites on the south side of Chicago. Diamondback season is so bad that the players are starting their own trade rumors. I mean, they want out of town (laughs) as soon as possible. And Escobar is an interesting guy, Bruce. I think that obviously, number one, it would address a need at second base without Nick Madrigal, but he's a former White Sox player. And I told the story yesterday on Mullen Haw about how I can remember Ozzie Guillen discovered him on a backfield taken infield when his son Ozzie was part of the organization and Ozzie was like who is this guy and he said to Kenny Williams you want to you want to keep an eye on him and and by the way you might not want to send him back to Venezuela you want to keep him in the organization because of where he came from and the danger that he would have encountered had he gone back in the offseason so he um took advantage of the opportunity. He's been in the majors for a long time, Bruce, and he represents that kind of veteran presence 
that could come in handy, and he's got some pop in his back, come in handy during a pennant race. Yeah, and, and that's what they need. Look, uh, the guys that they brought in, you know, uh, again, you don't demean them, but uh, they're limited. You know, you see the same thing going on on the north side with, uh, you know, the bottom part of those lineups on a daily basis and uh, what David Ross has available to him. It's it's unfair to, to diminish those guys' ability, but they, they only have so much. You know, they're extra guys. They're, you know, they're right now they're trying to make the most of a, a chance to be in the big leagues, but... That these are not the guys that we expected the Cubs and White Sox to be rolling out there uh, with the first place teams or near first place teams in the uh, case of the Cubs. So it's been a struggle over the last uh, couple of weeks, no doubt about it. Adam Frazier's another name you hear with the White Sox. You hear Joey Gallo. We'll continue to hear uh, a lot more names and a lot say more Jerry rumors. Jerry Gallo. <laughs> Joey Gallo. Who's Jerry Gallo? Jerry Gallo. Oh. Uh, it's a, it's an it's an old uh, pop culture thing from uh, <laughs> my cousin Vinny. You know, it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. one of one of those uh, funny parts of that movie. But but you know, digressing honestly, uh, you you talk about um, p- being in a situation of weakness right now, David. That's that's the case. You're a month before the trade deadline right, right. now. Okay, who is going to trade you something? Uh, and it'll be favorable, or re, as Tony said, reasonable for you right now with a month to go, knowing that these teams like Arizona, Colorado, Baltimore, uh, maybe Seattle, though Seattle's playing really good baseball right now, one nine out of 11. Um, why, why are these teams going to be reasonable right now when they don't really have to make a trade? They have a long way to go before the trade deadline. Uh, there's going to be other teams out there that need these type of players, so okay, um, okay, reasonable but, might not be there. Well, let me let me offer this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unreasonable yeah. might be the time uh, to, to might be time to consider making a move you might not ordinarily make because of the need that exists. You lost six out of seven, and you're struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, but I mean, I in a trade, what are you what are you trading? Okay, is Michael Kopech? Or a crochet? Are those guys people that you would even consider without laughing at somebody across the uh, across the phone line to to make a deal with? Well, we'll revisit that down. We've got a lot to talk about in the two hours until eleven o'clock, and we've got a new segment to introduce. Or I guess not a new new segment, but a, it's one that we have used before. <clears throat> should I stay or should I go? And I'm going to have to get some water. But yeah, I think that. It's um, cool. There's a lot to uh, lot to discuss, Bruce. We've got Ned Coletti coming up. We've got Andrew Vaughn in the 10 o'clock hour. We've got your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Talking baseball here as we do every Saturday morning between 9 and 11 inside the clubhouse right here at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Bruce Levine. And David Haw here until 11 o'clock where we will be talking baseball Cubs and White Sox with some special guests. And one of them now joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, the home of the world's largest sportsbook, Bruce. Ned Lewis Coletti Jr. is a uh, Franklin Park native who made not good but great uh, for this wonderful career that he's had. Ned uh, now doing a pre- and post-game for Dodger Baseball on Dodger TV. Uh, nice enough to join us on his ride from Arizona to L.A. Uh, to uh, do some more Dodger games on a Saturday morning. Ned, uh, that was my uh, long uh, Chet Kopic inter- uh, uh, introduction to you. I-, I hope it was satisfactory. Uh, Ned, you morning, with us? Everybody. Morning, good. Ned. Hello. Yeah. Hey, it's. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's. It's. Yeah, we can hear you now. Right. Uh, Roll the window okay. down. We'll hear you a little better. <laughs> Just go ahead, boys. Ned, uh, it's great. It's great uh, to have you with us uh, this morning. I wonder. Uh, let, let's start off with um, with the with the Dodgers. The expectations after winning a World Series last year so high. Everybody was already uh, giving the title to the Dodgers in 2021, and and to their credit, baseball, they, they played some good baseball. I mean, they've slumped lately, but uh, it, it hasn't been awful yet. Uh, you have a team called the Giants and a team called the Padres in that division. What's your take on where the Dodgers are at right now? Well, you got maybe the best division in the league, if not in baseball, with uh, San Diego and San Francisco. Much improved. San Diego's kind of been working their way to it. San Francisco just kind of uh, not really fell into it, but probably the surprise in baseball so far. Dodgers have been banged up a little bit. Seager's out again. Uh, Bellinger was out twice. Muncy's been out a couple times. Pollock's been out. Not to use it as an excuse, it's just a reality. And uh, the Dodgers have really yet to hit their stride. And they're still sitting four, four and a half games back. Still a dozen games or so over 500. Uh, I think the Giants. They played to the utmost. I'm not sure how much better they can play. San Diego, going to be good all year long. Dodgers, I think, are the one team that has yet to play up to its full capability. And, you know, they're still hanging in the race. I I would be surprised if they did not win the division a ninth straight time. 
Ned, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk with you. I enjoyed your book, The Big Chair, uh, a couple years back, and, and I, I respect all that you have done in your career as an executive, you know, coming from Chicago and, and really make, making a, a mark out, out there. And, and so when you look at the Cubs and knowing this organization as well as you do and, and what winning in 2016 meant to this city and meant to, meant to baseball and the players that were responsible for them, the core, you know, the guys, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, all facing contract years. That's the source of conversation back here in Chicago. What goes through your mind and, and able to relate to that front office burden or dilemma that they face with guys who mean so much to the organization with the reality they could be walking next year and, and what to do with those players in the midst of the season? Well, it's um, I don't think that the way they're playing, I've just seen them two games live, you know, and I've seen him some on, on television. But, you know, it would be tough to take that team apart right now. You know, winning is precious. You can't always win. And I think the way they've constructed it, you've got the core, as you've mentioned. They've got some other really good position players. The bullpen has been terrific. No doubt, could they get a lot of prospects back for what they've got? Sure they could. But you also have a chance to win. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen if you can get to October. I think they've got a pretty good chance to get to October. You've still got probably 25 to 30 games to go before you get to the decision-making time, do it deadline. But winning isn't easy. And if you have a chance to win, I, I think you have to go for it. And then you see where, you know, if you, if you stand pat or you add to it, see where you're at in the wintertime. You see what revenues are like. You see what, uh, what the free agent contracts are going to be like. Nobody really knows. This is probably the most unusual offseason we've had and maybe ever when you got a pandemic that is, is hopefully ending and all the financial ramifications of that, both on the industry, on players, on owners, and you've also got a new CBA. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces here that typically you don't have. But you don't really know if you're if you're running a team or if you're an agent or a player, you don't really know what the market's going to bear going forward. So you, you may get lucky as a team and you may get lucky as a player. But I do know winning is precious and the chance to win. You got to take advantage of it if you get it, in my opinion. That's the voice of Ned Coletti. Here are some of the things that Ned Coletti is famous for. He's a professor at Pepperdine University. He's a scout for the San Jose Sharks. He does pre and post game for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's a former GM. He's a former uh, Chicago Cub employee and uh, uh, director of uh, media relations, of publications. Uh, Ned, uh, should we go all the way back to high school? Was What, what have I left out here? We don't have to talk about that, Bruce. That's all history. Who cares about that? We can keep going. Uh, well, it's 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 all pretty cool. I, I will I will uh, engage you on, on one other thing. The Cubs happen to have thirteen free agents, uh, would be free agents coming up in November. So would that change any of the dynamic for you, Ned Coletti, sitting there as a Chicago Cub executive, knowing that uh, yeah you have a that precious uh, chance to go to the playoffs? But you also have to be prepared for 22, 23, 24, and uh, the dynamic of being able to trade some of these fine players to be able to set yourself up and not be uh, the Philadelphia of this era, era or the Texas Rangers of this era. 
uh, teams that held on to players and trying to win too long? Well, there, there is a chance you can middle it a little bit. You know, I'm not, I'll stand by what I said a couple minutes ago. When you have a chance to win, you have to take it. You know, I can remember, and I'm sure you guys can remember too, in 1997, Ron Shula was one, running the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I was in San Francisco, and they were three games out of, out of first place with Cleveland. They didn't think they could be, get beyond a few games of a postseason, so they made a big trade with us. And sent us uh, Wilson Alvarez, I think, and Roberto Hernandez, and uh, Danny Darwin. Yeah. I think the city, right. you know, was in an uproar. But you got to kind of middle it, I guess, if you if you. But a lot also depends on your farm system. If you've drafted well, developed well, and you've got some guys coming, you, know, you can take that chance because you don't know you don't know that you're going to win and when you're going to win just by rebuilding. There's a lot of teams, and this, has, you know, this was the Cubs for a minute there, way back, you know, losing 100 games a year. They were fortunate. They built it well. They end up winning a World Series for the first time in a long time. But not every team that is losing 100 games right now or, or doing that has, has got a chance to, to win anytime soon. you got to measure where you're at realistically. you got to measure where your farm system's at. You got to be truthful with yourself on where everything is. And as you go through other teams' prospects, if you're trading a Chris Bryant or a Rizzo or a Baez or anybody else, you know it's you better be getting somebody really good in return because those guys are why they may walk, they may not walk, and you may have a chance to win. So it's uh, you know that, that's a tough decision-making process. But I think you get a chance to win, you got to take it. Now you can move some other players and maybe. Uh, help your farm system some. Like, again, it depends on where you really think your farm system's at. That, that to me, would dictate what I would do. But it would be hard. I've only, I've only been in a sell mode once probably in 20 years. And uh, it wasn't, uh, wasn't something I looked forward to. Chance to win, always took it. And, Ned, you know what a strong farm system looks like because you put one together in L.A. During your time running the Dodgers, you guys drafted Clayton Kershaw. Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, among others. One of those guys was a guy named kid named Jock Peterson who uh, came out of, I think, Palo Alto, wasn't it? He was committed to USC, yep. and, and the Dodgers drafted him. What can you tell us? Because this is a guy that is new to the Cubs, but I think we see just in the response he got from getting his World Series ring the other night too, just that charisma that has always been something that, that I think has been part of his personality and we're beginning to appreciate here in Chicago. He's a, a beloved player in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, if you saw the ring ceremony a couple nights ago, uh, you, you saw the looks on Clayton's face and Justin Turner and, and on and on. I mean, they love this guy. And, uh, you know, he's not going to hit 280, 290. He might in October because he loves October. But he's somebody that he's got great power. He can hit you 30. He can play good defense. Uh, he's not, he's not going to hit you, you know, like I say, 280, 300 as an average, but he'll produce runs. And uh, left-handed pitchers have given him trouble from time to time, so you got to kind of mix and match a little bit when you got a lefty on the mound. But he's a good man. He's a good man. He knows how to win. If, uh, if Houston doesn't do what they did in the 217 World Series, he's a World Series MVP. And that wasn't just a flash there. Look at his postseason record. You know, he's, he's somebody that loves the month of October. Not everybody does, but he doesn't. Ned, uh, growing up in the 60s, uh, like I did along with you, uh, there was a product called 
greasy kid stuff. You applied it to your hair. It was a tonic like Brill Cream, and uh, and people used it to keep their their dew in place. Uh, what what are you, what's your take uh, these days on um, the crackdown by Major League Baseball on using product on a, on a baseball and in particular uh, implementing these rules mid season? Well, I think um, I think people are always looking for an edge. Hundred years ago, people were looking for an edge, and so that hasn't changed. And I think that as long as it was kind of subdued and uh, wasn't becoming obvious. And while it may, may help your grip and may give you a little bit more movement, I think everybody would be fine looking the other way. But when it became uh, such a difference in spin rates, they started to calculate that. And you weren't just helping a pitcher get a grip. You were really changing their stuff. And I think when you get to that point in time and you watch where the game's at with the, the walk-home-run strikeout uh, redundancy and, and limitations on, on so many games – and long games, uh, I think they, they needed to adjust it. I think it got, they got out of hand. It went beyond the, the line of, of reasonable expectation for somebody pushing the envelope. And, uh, you know, do I like seeing players come off the field, pitchers come off the field, and uh, umpires having to check their glove and their belt and, and their hat and all that? You know, no. Is that going to be here all year? I wouldn't be surprised if they felt that it was starting to get under control, that they would they would ease up on that. But, you know, it's a, it's a different time, different time in the sport. Uh, people look at it a lot of different ways than they, they did, as you say, back in the 60s, even back 10 years ago. It's, it's far different. But I just think it got to be over the line, and, and guys got to pull it back and adjust to it. I think hitters want pitchers to have a good grip. And if they got to use a little rosin, a pine tar, a little bit, something like that, not to change the dynamic of their pitching, except to give them a better grip, yeah, I think everybody would vote for that. But we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, be interesting to see if anybody does get get nailed here for uh, suspension. Ned, I want to go back to something you said that fascinates me. You said once in about 20 years or so you can recall being a seller at the deadline. And I think that reflects the, your experience in major market teams, in major market front offices, the Dodgers, the Giants. And, and so we look at here in Chicago and the Cubs and every morning and we can talk about what the Cubs should do. And it's easy for guys like me and Bruce to say, okay, you're a big market team, Chicago, act like it and put the pressure and the onus on Tom Ricketts to spend in a way that reflects who the Cubs are. Is that fair? And, and, and are there different expectations for teams like the Cubs, and should there be because of where they play and what the market represents? Might have lost Ned here for a second. We'll try to reestablish uh, with him. Uh, Ned, we'll give you a one, two, three. I think uh, we lost him for a second. But it's a fair question, David. Uh, the idea that uh, – Oh, great. Uh, I don't, did you hear all of David's question? Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, I did. I think, I think there is a responsibility in big markets and, and where you're drawing 3 million people in a normal year. Um, I, I just do. You know, I've been fortunate to work with great teams and great people, great scouts, great player development people. I think my last 25 years in executive, I think we've been under 500 twice, you know, and that's, that's tough to do. I think one year we were under 500 by by one win, so we were always in it, always in the market to add, always in the market to build, and, and 
we felt it was, and it was probably Dallas Green, the great Cub general manager that, that Bruce knows so well, knew so well, that, that really, really taught me that, that, hey, when you got a chance to win, you got to go for it, because nothing's guaranteed. And I, I think you got that responsibility. Now, does money create winning? No. Money gives teams an opportunity to have a safety net. When somebody goes down, yeah, they got maybe a little bit more depth. But if you can't, if you can't draft, sign international players, and develop, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Because chasing free agency is really uh, a, a fool's errand in, in almost every sport. You're rarely going to get 100 cents on a dollar. So the money piece of it, to me, is not the same as, as competition and having a chance to win. Not every team that's got the highest payroll wins the World Series every year. Yankees have had the highest payroll for a long time. Dodgers have had a high payroll for a long time. In the last, what, 15 years, you got one of each. Right. So there's no guarantee for that. And but I do think that you know you've got you've got the respons- you've got a different responsibility in the major market. Your your scouting and your player development has got to be at the top. That's where you spend your money on your scouts on your player development. And, you, and so you continually feed the system. What the Dodgers are doing right now is amazing because they've been using a lot of guys from their system for a while. Some, uh, you know, were left when, when I took the other gig. But a lot of them, you know, they continue to, to, to put more players in the big leagues that are not just placeholders, but they're solid players. There's guys that are going to contribute. Gavin Lux, Will Smith, one of the best young catchers in the game, Walker Bueller. On and on, and so they've continued to to populate their organization with players they've signed, developed internationally, domestic drafts, all those things. That's really where a big market team can make a difference with with some extra extra money as far as your employees go. But the free agency doesn't doesn't buy it for you. That that that's a fool's errand. You rarely get a hundred cents on a dollar, like I said. Ned, in closing with you, uh, David and I really appreciate your time. And it's, you know, as a longtime friend, we're friends for 40 years. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, looking at Tony Larusa manage the White Sox from the outside looking in, what's your perspective on what you've seen so far? Well, I, again, I have not watched a, a lot of White Sox games. Uh, you know, I've, I've read a lot. I, I watch periodically. You know, I think... Um, Rick Hahn has done a tremendous job there. And so there's a lot of weapons. There's a lot to work with. They've had some major injuries trying to fight through. I think there's been some adjustment when you're away from the game and the thought process and really the pace. Because the pace of baseball, I'm not talking the game pace, which obviously needs some resurrecting here, but just the pace of a season. When you haven't done it for a while, it's going to take you a while to get back into that routine. And I think as the longer the season goes, I think the, the keener it's going to become for, for Tony and the staff. He obviously knows how to manage. He knows how to do a lot of different things that are, are way beyond the normal manager. But I think it, early in the season, it probably took him some adjusting to the daily routine. This isn't the NFL you play one day a week. This isn't the NBA or the NHL two, three, maybe four times a week. You're playing pretty much every day, and your off days are really spent thinking about the next day or thinking about the last day or, or traveling. So the pace of the game, I think, is something that once you get out of it, it is tough to get back into it at full speed immediately, just like a player coming off the I.L. They just can't come back and, and play like nothing ever happened. 
if you take you take a decade off, it's gonna be it's not gonna be easy trying to to catch back up immediately. But I think the longer the season goes, the more he'll get in tune with the routine, and I think he'll end up helping them win some games. Ned, thanks so much for your time. Drive safely, and it's great to catch up. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you putting me on. All the best, guys. Ned Coletti, the former Dodger executive, longtime Chicago guy. Great to catch up with him. We will react to what he had to say and more here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock here talking baseball as we do 52 Saturdays a year. Bruce, Ned Coletti was a very interesting guest. Uh, Always great to catch up with Ned because of his history with the Cubs and in Chicago and and knowing his brother Doug as well as 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 we do. Doug is the statistician for WBBM on Bear Sundays. He's the voice in Jeff Joniak's ear. Um, Ned Coletti's a smart guy, though, and I don't know if he received the credit he probably was due when they won the World Series last year for drafting Kershaw and Seager and Bellinger and Jock Peterson. But he said something about the responsibility of big market teams that I thought was very telling, Bruce. What did you make of what he had to say? Does it apply in Chicago to the Cubs and the Sox? David, very convincing. Very convincing, especially someone, as you pointed out, uh, that has been there, been in that seat, uh, has been in San Francisco and Los Angeles as a top executive, uh, understood what was the responsibility to the organization and most importantly to the fans, uh, you know, that uh, if you have a chance, you go for it. Look, uh, nobody, nobody likes winning, I think, more than, than Tom Ricketts. And that, that was his sole purpose coming here. Yeah, he had a vision along with him and Crane Kenny. They've fulfilled a lot of that vision of what Wrigleyville looks like, what the ballpark looks like, what the organizations look like putting uh, the Chicago Cubs in the same categories, the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, uh, trying to win, and uh, fans expecting them, David, more importantly, expecting them to win every year. And from Ned's perspective, he, he came out with that same idea. And it's, it's really a hard one to combat unless you know that internally what's going on with the Cubs and uh, their, their conversations on a daily basis of, yeah, but what about 22, 23, 24? What's our responsibility there? Certainly, 2021 is their responsibility to try to win, and I think they're going to do it. But to what extent they go and how many people they bring in and who they trade, I don't, I don't have those answers for you. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch that um, un- unfold here over the next month because it, it could be a historic month in Chicago Cub history. Cubs are 12 and 11 in the month of June. They have the Dodgers later today. They're coming off a 6 to 2 loss last night. The White Sox uh, clinging to a two-game lead in the Central. They've lost six out of seven, Bruce, and and they're going to have some questions uh, to address and answer as the trade deadline nears. We'll talk about something that might link both teams. Something both teams might be going through with their star players when we come back. Bruce Levine, David Haw, inside the clubhouse. Stay with us until 11 here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.